Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to a uh, probably not much awaited uh, episode of Annoying Question Boy podcast. It is your boy, Annoying Question Boy, uh, coming at you. Today we are going to talk about, obviously, the Black Lives Matter movement and everything going on with that, um, and a few other things, but I would first like to take the beginning of this podcast to say this. As a disclaimer, um, I am a white male. I recognize my privilege in some of the things that I say and my ability to say them. I recognize my privilege in some of the things that I do and my ability to do them without worrying about my safety or the safety of my loved ones. Um, So there are some things that I might say in this podcast or podcasts after this um, that seem like me being ignorant, I'm well aware of the privilege that I have as a white male, and I uh, attempt to use it in ways that only bring power to those who do not share in my privilege. So I hope that you can heed that and understand that nothing that I say comes with an ignorant mindset. I understand what I am saying and the privilege that I have in saying it. Um, So in saying that, let's go ahead and roll the intro music. So, um, first of all, also, excuse my voice, um, I've gone to a couple protests recently, and I'm losing my voice. So, first place I want to start is the name. Black Lives Matter. When we hear that, of course, we think of the movement. When we hear that, we, of course, think of things we see on social media, whether positive or negative, the hashtags, things of this nature. But I'd like you to honestly take a look at that name and really analyze it. Black lives matter. So in 2020 in in these United States, we have to have a civil rights movement in order to prove to the country that black people, their lives matter. Their lives are important and they are worthy of their lives. That to me is insane and so incredibly disheartening because that shows that what we've been saying for centuries since this country has started is true and yet people don't recognize it. People don't hear Black Lives Matter and really think about that, what that means, I feel like, because what that means is since the beginning, since 1776, in this country, black lives have not mattered. They have been um oh uh, what's the word oh they've they've been irrelevant you know they've been replaceable it's it's not important black lives don't matter since 1776 that in 2020 we have to have a movement called black lives matter to show the world black lives fucking matter that that to me is disgusting and that Uh, I don't even know how people are okay with that, how people are not questioning this more and saying, I can't fucking believe that in 2020 we have to have this kind of a fucking uprising just to get people to look at black people and say, they don't deserve to die. Fucking disgusting. Where's your humanity? Where was it ever? 
Excuse me. Excuse me while I drink this coffee as well. So, as I said, I've been to a couple protests in the, the local area. I went to one in Syracuse. I went to uh, one in Rome and then a vigil last night. And then I've gone to one in Utica. And in every single one, there has been something that I've noticed and myself have not been a fan of. And I'd like to say again, <clears throat> as I said in the beginning of this, this, this is where my privilege comes in. This is where um, some of you might... Um, not take well with what I have to say, but I want, I want to say this. I am someone who wanted to be a history teacher. I have studied American history, uh, for two years, plus everything in high school that they taught us. You know what I mean? But I've also studied on my own, done my own research, learned about a lot of things. And there's one thing that has remained pretty, pretty, pretty general in every time that there has been a type of civil rights movement, either against the government or against the police. And that is trying to work with them. So I'm sure a lot of you or, you know, the one person that's fucking listening to this, I'm sure you all think probably that police fucking suck. If you listen to my podcast, you probably are not a huge fan of the police. But you probably think that their existence is necessary. But I'd like to challenge that. Because if we look back before the end of slavery, police systems as they exist today were not existent. So the way it used to work prior to the abolishment of slavery was most towns would have a sheriff and some deputies. Maybe a a station, but it really was not a police station like we think of today. There weren't 12 to 15 squad cars. There weren't desk jockeys as well as riot cops, as well as SWAT teams, as well as, you know, foot cops, as well as bike cops. It wasn't like that. So the way that police systems like that came into effect was after slavery, we had a bunch of runaway slave catchers that were out of a job. And of course... Because slavery was abolished, it's not like all of a sudden the mentality in this country was like, oh, actually, you know what, we, we aren't going to be racist at all and we're actually going to make the country completely equal. No, people still hated people of color. Um, people still hated immigrants. People still hated anyone that wasn't white and a male and Christian. So these runaway slave catchers basically started creating what we now know as our policing system. They started creating bigger um, systems of police with more officers, quote-unquote, or deputies on a certain um, local force, and they started uh, the first real wave of mass incarceration in this country. So after slavery was abolished, they started basically making things like loitering, littering, trespassing, jaywalking, pretty, you know, simple charges that normally would just a lot of fine or maybe a day in court or something like that, maybe speaking with a judge or a sheriff, a night in jail possibly, and turning them into life sentence charges for people of color. So after slavery was abolished, a lot of folks who were former slaves 
all the way down the youngest kid that was arrested, I believe, and put on a lifetime sentence, I believe was six years old at the time that he was arrested. And a lot of times they would be arrested for a simple charge. They would not go to court. They would not see a judge. They would not speak with the sheriff. They would just simply either be put back in the field that they were working as slaves, but now they rewrote the law and the 13th Amendment says no one shall be a slave or possession of someone else except in an instance where they are a prisoner of the state. So they rewrote that law specifically so like things so things like this could happen. So they would give lifetime sentences to former slaves in the same fields they worked as slaves just now as prisoners so it was legal. And if you didn't make it to a field you probably were lynched or shot or at least killed in some way or another. And this went on, you know, until really, I'd say things of that nature stopped maybe 1980. Maybe. And a lot of those things still happen today. Today in this country, we have the highest prison population of any other country with a 1.2% population of our country being imprisoned. Of those people, I, I... I hate to do this without looking it up, so I'm not going to. I'm not going to give a, a, a statistic. But I am going to say that based off of my knowledge of our prison system, a disproportionate majority of those prisoners are poor people of color. So what does that mean? Well, that means, really, slavery, in its strictest definition never went away. What went away is the language, how we spoke of these things. So now you could no longer put in the newspaper, N-word was lynched for being an N-word, you know? You couldn't say so-and-so was killed for being black and at this whites-only restaurant. You can't say we arrested him for loitering in front of a white restroom as a black man. You can't say, well, this black man, Emmett Till, whistled at this white girl, so we beat the shit out of him and then lynched him. You couldn't do that anymore. So you had to change the language, and they did, and they did it very successfully. And ever since the beginning of this country, if you look back and actually study newspaper articles, police research, and things of this nature, you see specific language being used. I offer you two examples. Look back at when Brock Turner was arrested for raping the girl. Most newspapers spoke about his swim career. They spoke about his school record. They spoke about his history as an upstanding citizen. They never once really tackled the point of what he did. But now if you look at George Floyd, most articles mention the fact that when he was 17, he was caught shoplifting. The original finding from the autopsy report reported that he didn't die of asphyxiation, that he possibly died of pre-existing conditions or possible intoxicants in his system. They did not find any intoxicants in his system. They assumed and reported as an African-American male that he might have 
possibly had intoxicants in his system that led to his untimely death. That is the America that I know, the America with three Ks. If you do not recognize that, it is time that you educate yourself. To continue on with this point, it was not until recently that finally all four of these police officers that had a fucking hand in his death were charged. Derek Chauvin, the man who knelt on the back of George Floyd's neck for 8 minutes and 46 seconds was on film for that entire 8 minutes and 46 seconds and still fucking almost got off with it. And he still probably will. They're trying to charge him with second degree murder, but I guarantee that jury's going to be all white and I guarantee that judge is too. In the county that he lives in, it is predominantly white. It is predominantly upper class and it is predominantly Christian. These things all culminate into one thing and it's one thing we see over and over and that is a lack of accountability in this country. So to go back to my original point, what I was meaning to talk about. So in every protest that I've been to so far, there's been a, a element of, oh, well, let's speak to the cops. Let's let the cops come in. Why don't you join us, police officers? And I challenge this, folks. And I challenge this as a white male who knows that he has no say challenging this so you can strike me down if you like. The police are not our friends. The government is not our friend. This country is not our friend. Since the beginning of this country, black lives have not mattered. Why the fuck do you think George Floyd can die one day and the next day it means anything if this white officer gets on his knees for 30 seconds for a goddamn photo shoot? Stop trying to fix a system by working within the same system. It does not work. It is set up for you to fail. That is specifically why in 2020, almost 250 fucking years after the beginning of this country, we are still fucking fighting for African-American civil fucking rights. The system doesn't care about you. The police do not care about you. Stop trying to work with them. Conversations are nice at home when you have a racist uncle. Or maybe a dad who doesn't know how the fuck to keep his mouth shut. Hi, dad. Conversations are good for them. But conversations are not good for structural change. This is a revolution. And we must use it as just that. We must not, we must not try to make this a civil discussion. The time for that was 250 fucking years ago. The time for that has far passed and I'm sick and fucking tired of saying the same goddamn thing because it should be common sense. When I went to Utica, this poor, 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 poor kid from Nigeria was so upset he was bawling his eyes out telling us he wanted to be a police officer and he couldn't believe something like this had happened. He came from Nigeria in the last five years. 
I had a conversation with him, and he still really wants to be a police officer. When we walked down to the Utica precinct, it was about 35, 40 of us. The only thing that any of us were carrying were signs and face masks. They met us at the precinct. They had eight riot gear officers with fully automatic rifles at the ready. They had SWAT cars, all of them having six officers in them. Same with riot gear and fully automatic rifles. What the fuck are they doing? They want it to be a peaceful movement, and yet they cannot help themselves to incite violence. If you look at the D.C. riots, you look at the riots in the city where George Floyd died, you look at the riots across the world, anytime that there is rioting, every time that there is violence, it is because police officers instigated it. We're not stupid. We don't want to fucking die. We don't want our black friends that we're at these protests with to get shot at. We don't want anyone to get hurt. That's the whole point. That is the whole point of this movement. We're sick of people getting hurt. And yet they think we're trying to start a problem. It's ridiculous to me that at the police brutality movement, there's police brutality. And yet no fucking accountability. At the vigil I went to last night at Fort Stanwix, I was uh, I was upset by the amount of speak of God that there was. Um, the organization that put it on is a, a, a Christian organization, I believe. They spoke a lot about Jesus. I didn't like it. That's besides the point. That's for them to do. Um, but. I am well aware, I've been educated on this recently, that uh, God serves a different purpose in cultures like this rather than a white culture. So I excuse it to some extent and I understand. But one thing that I would like to say, and I do not mean to offend anyone, but I, I still intend to say it. Your God, or gods, or goddesses, what have you, are great on your own time. Your gods are not going to fix this problem. We are. Okay? This problem is man-made, so it shall be man-fixed. Stop trying to pray this shit away. Stop trying to go to fucking church and fix it. Get out on your fucking feet and do something. Also at this vigil last night, there was a woman by the name of... Hold on here because I don't want to get it wrong. Jackie Nelson who is the leader of the NAACP chapter in Rome. And she was a fucking badass. And I, my fucking hat comes off to her. She stood in front of the chief of police and a few of the African-American um, police officers that we have on the force, as well as some of the public officials in our area, and called out the three people in public office in the area that have ever reached out and tried to have a conversation with her and tried to do something to help. She called out the mayor. She called out the chief of police. She called out everyone else on any council in this area and said, do not allow them to make this a photo shoot. Do not allow them to spin this and say that they were here to help because they aren't. 
The only people that are here to help are the people that are helping. Angela Davis said it a long time ago, and I'll say it again. It is not enough to be non-racist. We must be anti-racist. It's time for conversations, folks. It's time for change. It's time for real action. The time for speaking with police. The time for trying to have conversation with government officials. The time for trying to be civil about this is over. It is far past due that these people get their civil fucking liberties. And it is far past due that we're going to not fight for them. So I challenge you today. As I am starting to do in my own life as well. Get out of your comfort zone. Go to riots. Go to protests. Go to vigils. Have the conversations with your folks. But don't have the conversations with police officers. Again, police are not your friend. The whole police and justice system in this country is set up for you to fail. Stop trying. Start changing. It is a revolution. Time to burn this system down. I mean that figuratively and also satirically and also literally because fuck this country. It is time that we burn this shit down and rebuild it the way that it should have been built the first fucking time. And I also challenge you patriots who want to sit here and say that there is nothing wrong with this country, who sit there and wave your stupid American flag and fucking lick on some boat and suck on some of your fucking cop friends' dicks. And that is... I would like to take a moment here to say that that is not judgmental towards homosexuality. That is judgmental towards fucking praising police officers. Fuck every single cop. All cops are bastards, and if you don't understand that, educate yourself. Um, it's time to change. It's time to change this shit. Start making change. Um, a good way to make change, you can donate to either some local organizations. You can donate to uh, Reclaim the Block, Black Lives Matter. You can donate towards George Floyd's memorial uh, fundraiser. You can um, call the... Uh, local judges and DAs in the area in which he died um, and start making them afraid because the only way that any of this is going to change is if they know what they're up against and it's time we show them. But before I go, I would also like to take a moment to say this. To anyone who is critical towards Looting and rioting. Martin Luther King Jr. said that a riot is the language of the unheard. And these folks have been unheard for a very long time. If you are not directly affected by a problem, it is not your right to speak on the way that they are fighting against that problem. And I say that knowing damn well that I just said that a lot of the things that we're doing wrong are trying to be friends with the cops. I know it's not my place, but I'm still going to say it again. Strike me down if you feel it's necessary. Rioting and looting is the language of the unheard. If you are not going to do anything 
other than critique it, fuck off. Martin Luther King Jr. was also murdered being a peaceful protester. So if you sincerely think that the way to go is peaceful protests, you need to look at a history book. Thank you to all of you who listened. As always, it has been your boy, Annoying Question Boy. Um, if you don't already, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Annoying Question Boy. Um, I also have a blog on Blogger, also called Annoying Question Boy. Uh, wherever you're listening to this, just also know that it's available on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. So if that makes it easier for you, there's that. Um, my final word of advice and goodbye, um, I challenge every single one of you listening, um, make change. Um, I'm someone who's guilty of posting and saying a lot of things and not really meeting that with action. Doing better now. I'm not doing as much as I can, but I'm moving towards it. I will admit that. Um, donate, sign petitions. Email officials, call officials, make change, make tomorrow a better day.